You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily Arizona Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The madness continues on the hardwood and, of course, NFL free agency. It's Locked On Cardinals, part of your Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode brought to you by... Our friends over at Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON20. It's LOCKEDON20, and you'll get 20% off your next order. We're your host, Bo Brock, Alex Clancy, and the Arizona Cardinals continue to add to their offensive line. Less than a week after adding Rodney Hudson to the center position, the team adding a potential starting caliber guard via free agency. We'll tell you who that is and what move is next. I think Alex and I know the answer, looking at Cardinals' Twitter posts and the replies, you all know what the answer is. We'll get into that conversation. Plus, are they, the Arizona Cardinals, are they winning the NFC West arms race? Because a lot of the teams have been busy. I'd say outside of San Francisco, the three other teams are just continuing to add talent on their rosters. But, uh, Alex, I also have to ask you this. As far as the madness is concerned, as far as the brackets being busted and we're seeing so many Cinderella's in this tournament move on, can you think of who could be a potential Arizona Cardinals Cinderella guy who's under the radar that might make an impact next season? I mean, at this point, it could be Jonathan Ward. Like, if running if, back, if they don't do it, yeah, if they don't do enough to the running back position, whether it be through the draft or otherwise in free agency. I mean, there's still some names you can, you can pick out of a hat here in free agency regarding the running back position. But man, with what we saw Philip Lindsay get with what we saw Marlon Mack get Marlon Mack got $2 million to come back to Indy. Cardinals could have afforded that. Marlon Mack was a thousand yard rusher before uh, he tore his ACL to begin last season. Listen, this is, and we joked about it initially. We, we hedged our bet initially just by talking about it, that the signing of JJ Watt, was eerily similar to the DeAndre Hopkins trade from a year ago. Now they, they added obviously Rodney Hudson, big trade, et cetera. But both, I mean, this is just shows how many holes they had before the offseason started. Like they made two splash moves. They added pieces that are definitely going to help the team move forward next season. But man, they are still seemingly at least tied or behind in the arms race of the NFC West. Like Trent Williams was the splash for, for the rate or for the uh, 49ers. And uh, it was a lot of money. Chris Carson going back to Seattle. They shore that up. The Cardinals are still. The Cardinals could be doing so much more to move themselves ahead because they have the they have the most ground to catch up with in the NFC West. They're the most ground to cover, and they're doing things. But they're. I mean, who, am I going to play corner? <laughs> are, are you, are you going to play run? Are, are you going to run the ball? It's, I mean, it's, it's seriously like this is we're seeing these team friendly deals over and over and over again, be signed by teams. And, and sure, some guys want to go play on other squads. I get it. But they've got to be able to do something to manufacture a secondary, not named Buda Baker. Yeah, we're going to we're going to see this second wave of free agents start to sign this week. And we've already seen the Arizona Cardinals cash in on one of those uh, Brian Winters, the guard coming over. From Buffalo, when you talk about the the run game, you know, Buffalo's not known for running the football. So we'll see what that means for the Arizona Cardinals. Is Winter going to be the guy that can uh, – is he going to start at the guard position? Is Winter going to be the guy 
who's going to play the opposite guard position from Justin Pugh. And is this team going to emphasize running the football? Right now, you've got Chase Edmonds on your roster. You mentioned Jonathan Ward as a potential Cinderella roster candidate. Uh, it, we'll, we'll see what they do. A lot of people came up, keep bringing up uh, seventh-round pick Eno Benjamin, uh, former Arizona State standout, but he, he's a guy that didn't even, I don't even think he was on the active roster once last season, so that's a little bit of a Hail Mary there. But uh, the, the team did agree to a deal with Winters to come over from Buffalo. He started, I think, nine games down the stretch for the Bills, and also the team re-signed Max Garcia. So when you look at this offensive line, this group, it's I love the depth on it. I, I like the depth last year. I like the continuity last year. And this team continues to just uh, bolster this thing. I like the move for the Cardinals. It's very low risk and uh, could have potential high reward, especially if they can continue, if they can find somebody consistently who can tote the rock. Yeah, you know, it's, you have to give Steve Kime credit, but these are moves that should have been made three years ago. Um Unfortunately, this is where we are drafting Isaiah Simmons kind of bit them in the ass. It seems like through one year, at least, I mean, we're not obviously neither, neither you nor I think that the story of Isaiah Simmons is, is open and shut by any stretch. I mean, he'll, he'll probably take a big step next year. It's just unfortunate what we saw with judge Wills, Tristan Wirfs, et cetera, uh, where they could have shore up the offensive line last year. But yeah, what they've done this year is made both of their lines better. That is 100. That's that's it. Even losing Hassan Reddick, uh, retaining Marcus Golden, their pass rush will be the same, and that's okay. If it's the same, if they don't regress with with the sack numbers and the pressures they were able to put on opposing quarterbacks last year, that's a win. But there still are several moves that need to be made. And sure, getting as much depth as you can. That's a Steve Kime special. Just bringing in a bunch of offensive linemen and let's hope it works. Uh, it did a little, it did with Justin Pugh for a year, Andre Smith, not so much. That was a couple years ago. This offensive line is set up to succeed a lot, uh, a lot better than it has been the last couple of years. And again, JJ watch Chandler Jones on the other side is going to benefit with, jo- with Jordan Phillips in the middle, but the glaring need next is they need to sign and draft corners. <laughs> they do. Like, sir, they, yeah. they, they need to like Mal- if the fact that Malcolm Butler's still out there. I don't know why maybe he's mulling retirement. I mean, who the hell knows at this point? I mean, guys do a bunch of different things for a bunch of different reasons. But if they bring Drake Kirkpatrick back and it's Byron Murphy, Robert Alford, Drake Kirkpatrick, and a rookie, what? I mean, there's so many corners at the start of free agency that were they were up for the pickings. And if they choose to just say, you know what, we're good, we're going to draft one, and we believe in Byron Murphy and, and Robert Alford, there are bigger issues inside Steve Kime's brain than I thought. Yeah, I mean that's the that's the biggest glaring need remaining. It's the cornerback position, and you got to imagine that at sixteen. I mean, Steve Kime has been aggressive this offseason, and it's been mostly adding you know guys that proven commodities, guys that are over thirty, but still they believe have something left in the tank. You got to go. You got to use sixteen, and I I think you, you got to be aggressive potentially and go go up and get one of those top corners, not just wait at sixteen and potentially take J C Horn. Maybe go up and, and if you can get your hands on a guy like uh, like Caleb Farley out of Virginia Tech or Patrick Sertain Jr., I mean, why not? Those guys are, 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 as far as what the scouting community says, those guys are more ready to go corners than, than Horn is. I mean, the other question you ask, well, first of all, they don't have a lot of draft capital this year. I, right. I don't think that a team would be, would be apt to accept a trade back for a second-round pick next year. 
Like, I, I don't think, I don't think that that would be a situation. You're not giving up two first to move up four picks either. If they were going to give up a first round pick in 2022. Now, the other question that's been floated around and it's becoming more and more part of the conversation just because of the uh, age demographic of the players that the Cardinals have brought in trading for Stefan trading for Stefan Gilmore. If you can get a fifth round, you can, you can give a fifth round pick for Stefan Gilmore. Is that something you do? He'd be your first corner. You only have to pay him $7 million this year. You, you'd make the, the contract work out. Maybe you extend him a year and, and you lower the salary cap hit for this season, something like that, but they don't have a whole lot of draft capital left. And that is going to, that is going to hamstring them. If they want to go get a guy that they want the the more, the, the better chance of things happening is they trade back. Unfortunately, not get a guy they absolutely need because mm-hmm. their draft capital is waning. But it, it may be a necessary evil if you want to pick up a second or a third in this draft. Now, the Stephon Gilmore thing for a fifth rounder, again, Patrick, uh, uh, Bill Belichick has given up a lot more for a lot less, seemingly, if, if you know, you're comparing Jimmy Garoppolo or Chandler Jones for a second-round pick years ago. He may just want to get Stephon Gilmore off, off the books if that's the way you want to do it. Um Again, a lot of different options still, but this ha- the next couple moves have to be right. They have to be home runs. Otherwise, they're, they're not going to move forward just because they added some pieces when you completely neglect two to three positions on the roster. Yeah, with that glaring need and also the, uh, as far as the draft capital, it's, it's just depleted at this point. I mean, compared to most teams, it begs the question, you know, Who's available as far as you have players on your roster? You, you look at the cap situation as well. Who could be some Arizona Cardinals trade candidates in order to help fill the remaining holes left on the roster? We'll get into that conversation. Plus, we'll continue the NFC West arms race where the Arizona Cardinals stack up. It's all coming up. It's right here on the Locked On Cardinals podcast. Bo Brock, Alex Clancy. Make sure you're following along at B O B R A C K, at Clancy's Corner, and at Locked On AZ Cards. Is your bracket busted? Well, there's still money to be made. Bet online's the fastest, easiest way to bet on your sports action. Football, it's over. But the NCAA tournament, it's in full swing. So is the NBA, NHL, and Major League Baseball's just right around the corner. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV, real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best way in place to place your bets. And it's free to sign up right now. Head over to the website, betonline.ag, and use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. You put in 100 bucks, you'll get 50 free dollars to play around with. It's betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Use the promo code LOCKEDON to get your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. It's Locked On Cardinals part of your Locked On Podcast Network. Hopefully you're picking up the pieces where your bracket used to be just uh, just destroyed. Oklahoma State last night was pretty much the final the final hit to me. I mean, it's because you gotta imagine that like 70% of the brackets out there have Gonzaga winning it, and that's who I have winning the national championship. So it's like I I, I don't know, I don't have another leg to stand on. Yeah, you just want to see Rome to burn at this point. <laughs> yeah. like, you want to see Abilene Christian versus Loyola Chicago. You right. may, as well make it, may as well make it exciting. Oregon's up by 15 right now over Iowa. So that's going to be another bracket buster. Um, yeah. I mean, it was so like I was 14 for 15 on sat on Saturday. It's like, oh, man, this is what it feels like for somebody goes on a hot streak. And then I had Texas in the final four. 
and they lose. So I end up 14 for 16, but I really ended up, you know, 14 for 22. And that's, um, that was a, yeah, that was the buster for me. Unfortunately. The, so now I'm just, I don't care anymore. That's Sister the dealer G-Man. hitting an ace when it's sitting on 20 and it has to take a hit. <laughs> that's what that is. That's rough. That's brutal. You're sitting there yeah. and you got Abilene Christian against Texas. It is interesting, and I don't mean to like do locked on March Madness here, but it is interesting to see that Abilene Christian, obviously based in Texas, takes out you know the bigger school in its state, and then you see Loyola take out Illinois. It's just like the little brother just took out the big brother on the on biggest stage. It, it, that's why this. That's why it's one of the best seasons yeah. around. Um, the Arizona yeah. Cardinals. I want to talk about this, and it just kind of came up organically. Is when you, you you were talking about you know what would it take to get a player maybe like Stefan Gilmore to help bolster the not bolster just add a starting caliber player to the cornerback we'll room back too right get warm bodies back in the room because right now there's just not a whole lot of them they re-signed Robert Alford who hasn't been on the playing field for two seasons you've got Byron Murphy who we've seen some good things in his second season last year uh, but he's still kind of like. Is he going to be just a slot corner in his career? Like, I, I haven't seen him play outside very well. He had a couple uh, great chances. He got after the quarterback, in, which you don't expect from your corners that much. Uh, as far as the cornerback position, if you had an opportunity, and it makes me curious to see if Steve Kime would think that, like, okay, Justin Pugh is a starting caliber guard. He liked what he saw out of him. And also there's a guy like Christian Kirk with the addition of A.J. Green. Does he become expendable? Are those two guys that you could kind of bandy about in trade conversation to help fill the void at cornerback? Steve Kime would have to um, pay somebody to take Justin Pugh's contract. <laughs> but it's not bad like compared, like when he signed it, it was big. But now it's pretty average as far million. as... It's not million. Well, like if the Cardinals cut him post-June 1st, They'll save nine million. They'll save seven million if they cut him pre June first. Seven million is a lot. Like you'd much rather. I think you'd rather cut him than and just take eat that little bit of dead cap money than try to trade. I mean, like I, I don't think anybody would take that contract. Christian Kirk maybe, but it'd probably be a fourth round flyer, which the Cardinals could use. But I would rather run it back one more time with Christian Kirk to where there are zero expectations for Christian Kirk going into twenty twenty one. The, those the, that time's over, you know. He had the, he had the. Would you trade Christian Kirk straight up for Stefan Gilmore? Would I? Yeah. yeah, you would. Yeah, a young, but I'd also wide receiver, speedy. You're trading him to the Patriots. Everybody's like, it's always best case scenario. Like, oh my, like this new this change of scenery is going to be perfect for him. They always say that about yeah, the Patriots because uh, uh, you know. Uh, you don't have to worry about him because he's going to have probably 200 yards receiving with Cam Newton, the quarterback. So, I mean, it doesn't really matter. I mean, you could take like the only thing that I'm, I, I would more uh, expect on the side of the Patriots um, keeping him and maybe extending him at this point, Stephon Gilmore, because their defense is going to be legit next year. I mean, you think Dante Hightower is coming back. Uh, they brought Kyle Van Noy back, right? Didn't he sign there? Yeah. Um, They've signed and, 17. They've made 17 moves so far. It's crazy. Yeah. And, and it, it, Steve, uh, Steve Kime, Bill Belichick is going back to the, we're going to run the ball. We're going to play defense and we're going to control the clock. Like that's it. That that's, that's what's his bread and butter to begin with, regardless of who quarterback is, whether it be Tom Brady or, or Cam Newton. But listen, uh, yeah, I would, you, you definitely have to call uh, Bill Belichick again and ask what the price is for Stefan Gilmore. 
I think that part, yes. I don't think Justin Pugh, I'd rather cut him than even try to trade him. Just cut ties, have somebody in line, and go sign him. I mean, $7 million can get you Malcolm Butler for a year. That's what I would do. I mean, I don't think the Patriots have enough outside of Stephon Gilmore to where you'd want to trade anybody, obviously. I mean, Cardinals just have to start over. Have to hit the reset button from some of these bad contracts. I, I, which which ones are you talking about? Well, him. I mean, that's a big one. That you can when you look at the money they'd save in a cap in, in a cap strained year for everybody. That is another player you can bring in. If you need a corner, you can cut Justin Pugh and bring in a corner. It's just beauties in the eye of the beholder, and, and Steve Keim, he, he always he talks so highly of Justin Pugh. He loves Justin Pugh. I mean, and we might think he stinks, but Steve Keim thinks he's. Solid. I don't. I don't think he's bad. I think he's a starting no. guard in this league, and that, I think that right now, you, and of course, you've seen throughout this offseason the premium it costs for starting caliber offensive linemen. If if you were to kind of, you know, just kind of see what teams would would take, I, I don't. I think you'd kind of be shocked to see, you know, what he would get in return. What about you know a Kirk to New Orleans? I mean, they've been looking for a wide receiver opposite a guy like Michael Thomas forever. Maybe Christian Kirk would be uh, somebody that would kind of pique the Saints' interest. And I don't know if it's enough after their release of Janoris Jenkins. I don't know if a guy like Lattimore becomes available or if he's on the trade market or if he ever was. I don't know. It'd be, it'd be interesting to see if that's another avenue that Steve Kime would go down to help fill this void because they have to do something. They have to do something. That is true. They have to do something. I mean, so so this is this would be my ideal scenario. Okay, is I I I cut Justin Pugh, and you draft Elijah Vera Tucker at sixteen, and he's your he's your left guard, and you have DJ Humphreys, Elijah Vera Tucker, who's going to be a kid who's highly rated out of USC, who will most likely be there at sixteen. He'll probably be there at twenty one or twenty two, but instead of trading back and getting cute and maybe missing out on the guy you need, you draft him at sixteen. And then you have Rodney Hudson, and then you have your makeshift right side of the line, a right guard with either Justin uh, Justin Murray or Josh Jones. You have Kevin Beecham as the bookend. That's something I can get behind. You cut uh, Justin Pugh, and you go use that money to sign a corner or two. Damn it! Like it, there, there is no shortage of how many corners the Cardinals need at this point. So you could dra- you could sign two, draft Elijah Murray Tucker at sixteen, and then draft one in the second round. They need help. That is where they need the help. I would punt on wide receiver help to go get corner help. Because if the defense is a calling card of this team, that's A-OK with me. Let's get into it. The defense was a calling card of the Seahawks for seven years. Yeah, but now they're going offense. What they bring in Gerald Everett, and they've been working on that offensive line, and they still have issues on defense that uh, they're going to pretend like they weren't one of the worst pass defenses in NFL history for half the the season last year. So we are going to come back with, uh, we'll get into a mock draft Monday, plus the conversation, continue that NFC West arms race where the Arizona Cardinals are as far as that goes. It's Locked On Cardinals, part of your Locked On Podcast Network. I've been a straight up couch potato the last couple days, but I'll tell you what, my snacking, it hasn't been too bad because I've been going for healthy alternatives without compromising taste. The Built Bar is stepping up its game and helping me stay healthy with the best tasting protein bar ever. 18 amazing flavors that you can rely on, plus limited edition bars that are always in the works and always 
up to par as far as the taste is concerned. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate, soft, easy to chew, and they're great for the health-conscious person. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bar is low in calorie, low in sugar, high in protein, high in fiber, and great for the keto diet. Help us crown a Built Bar champion. Go to the website and participate in the Built Bar bracket. Today's matchup, coconut versus birthday cake. It's a battle of heavyweights. Help choose who wins. And while you're at BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON20 and you'll get 20% off your next order. Using the promo code LOCKEDON20 for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. We're back here on Lockdown Cardinals podcast. Kyle Krabs has his 2021 NFL Mock Draft 6.0 out at thedraftnetwork.com. Trevor Lawrence going one Zach Wilson. You're starting to see that more often on uh, at number two with the Jets. Panthers trading up to take Trey Lance out of North Dakota State. Kyle Pitts, kind of the Swiss Army Knife uh, weapon, tight end, wide receiver type out of Florida going four. Jamar Chase. The wide receiver who sat out from LSU going five to the Bengals, not Penny Sewell. He's going six to the Eagles. Justin Fields going to the Patriots in this mock draft. They're trading up. Jalen Waddell or Waddle going to the Dolphins. Micah Parsons, the linebacker out of Penn State, going to the Broncos. Cowboys taking Rashawn Slater, offensive tackle out of Northern Northwestern. You've got uh, Caleb Farley going 12 to the Niners. And the Arizona Cardinals trading up. How about this? Going Devonta Smith, huh? No, going up two spots to 14th. This is what I talked about earlier in the show. Patrick Sertain, the second, the second corner off the board. All they would do is they would send the 16th overall pick, and then number 160 overall. I think that would be their fifth round pick, correct? And the yeah. uh, 2022 fifth, so two fives, and just swap first rounders. I think that'd be well worth it. Yeah. I agree. I would take it. I mean, everything, barring, where did Devontae Smith go? I didn't hear his name. Devontae Smith would go one pick after the Arizona Cardinals to the Detroit Lions at 15th overall. And then the 16th overall, the Vikings who swapped with the Arizona Cardinals would take your boy at a USC, Elijah Vera Tucker. Yeah. It is interesting that scenario you mentioned, though. Like, as, uh, like if they do cut, to, if eventually somehow they cut ties with a guy like, Justin Pugh, who's made it through the offseason unscathed, you know, Elijah Vera Tucker at 16 would be, if, if you could use the money and turn it around from Pugh that you save on a cornerback that's a proven commodity, I would take that over taking a flyer at somebody at 16. Yeah. No, I agree with that. Uh, and uh, Steve Kime is speaking with the media as we speak. We'll react to Steve Kime's press conference tomorrow on the podcast uh, Josh Weinfuss, ESPN, a friend of our podcast as well, just said uh, he put on Twitter, Steve Kimes said he sees Justin Pugh as his left guard in 2021. Of go. course he does. Yeah. He's an egomaniacal, hard-headed, stubborn brat who refuses to ever say that he's wrong. Now, Justin Pugh was fine last year, which is an upgrade from where the Cardinals offensive line was in years past, in, in, you know, in recent memory. But again, and we've talked about this a lot, those first eight weeks of last year, or seven weeks of last year where the Cardinals offensive line was ranked as almost an elite offensive line was not solely, but a lot of it was predicated upon Kyler Murray running the ball effectively outside of the pocket. So it makes it easier when your quarterback isn't in the pocket for an extended period of time for your offensive line to look a lot better. 
and and that obviously tailed off towards the middle and end of the season, and so did the ratings for the Cardinals' offensive line. So Steve Kime will look at that and be like, hey, it was great. We can make it great again. We have your anchor in the middle, and you have, you know, Kelvin Beecham and DJ Humphreys as the bookends. The interior of the line was the issue, and it's going to continue to be the issue if you don't make any changes, and it doesn't seem like Steve Kime's going to make any changes. I mean, they signed Brian Winters over from Buffalo. He adds depth to it. You've got Rodney Hudson, who's a three-time Pro Bowler guy that uh, yeah. has been solid. Same for the guard position. I, but I, I think that they have got starting caliber talent in that locker room. I'm, I actually, I'm, I'm fine with the offensive line where it is right now. Now, like the biggest glaring hole remains the cornerback position, and then you got to look at your, you, you know, as far as your your playmakers on offense. I still think that you can always use playmakers. And then also you're looking at the linebacking core because we don't know if, if, if Isaiah Simmons, who's been jet-setting around the world with uh, DeAndre Hopkins, who's a, who's a good guy to have as a mentor and hang out with, I'm sure, but is he going to make a giant leap in his second season? The expectations have got to be yes. It can't just be like a incrementally better from his rookie season to, to his sophomore season. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting that because Hassan Reddick wasn't retained, I wonder if there's an outside linebacker position, depending on what J.J. Watt wants to do in specific sets. I mean, if he's going to be handing the dirt guy in 3-4 or not, I mean, there's an outside linebacker position for the taking. Like, put it this way. If I were to tell you that uh, Car- that uh, Marcus Golden's losing snaps because Isaiah Simmons is beasting it as an outside linebacker, you'd be okay with that. I just don't I mean, think they want to do it. Growth. I just don't yeah, think... They went a full Look season. At Look at what happened. Yeah, I know. Put him in his in his natural position, and he popped. Sure, a lot of things had to happen for him to get there, but it took four years. Right. Don't let it get to the you point where you're it. where you're declining his option, and then like, okay, we'll see. Let's see what you got in your last season. Well, it'll benefit you. And imagine if they picked up his option. Yeah. Imagine if they picked up his option, and he was here for this year. I know. It changes everything. It would be like it would probably. I think it'd be just less than what he got on the free agent market. His option, a little bit less. So it'd be a perfect deal for him. But well, damn it, can't. It's not going to happen. Time does right, he doesn't do the right thing, you know. <laughs> it's locked on Cardinals. Part of your locked on podcast network. Your team every day. Real quick, I mentioned it. The the Seahawks. They've added a couple pieces to their offense. They're still looking for like a wide receiver three, and that's a good problem to have. But their defense remains, you know, a big question mark going forward. The San Francisco 49ers, it looks like, you know, they still don't have a guy that you can really rely upon at the quarterback position. Are they going to move forward with Jimmy G? Uh, you know, as far as their offense is concerned, you know, they always have George Kittle. But then there's the question marks surrounding the young wide receivers and can they stay healthy? They brought back Trent Williams, a 33-year-old offensive tackle who, uh, you know, he had a healthy season last year, but he hasn't been healthy most of his career, and he just got one of the biggest deals in NFL history. And then the Rams, they added Deshaun Watson. He's going to be wide receiver three outside of Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. And then you've got, uh, was it Higby as the tight end? Matthew Stafford's the new quarterback there. Uh, they gave Leonard Floyd a ton of money. When you look at all the moves across the, the division, and we sit here on Justin James Watts' birthday, <laughs> Who's winning the NFC at West arms race real quick? I don't know. Like, like the, the question marks surrounding the Rams roster, like it looks stable. Okay. Deshaun, Deshaun Jackson hasn't been relevant in four years. Okay. He, I think he had 20, less than 25 catches combined the last two years due to injury and otherwise bad quarterback play. All right. Seattle 
if they put out the worst roster in the NFL, they still win 10 games. You know, they lost Carlos Dunlap for now. I don't know if, if they'll retain him if, you know, if he wants to come back at, at a discounted rate. Uh, Chris Carson, as you mentioned, they paid too much money to for a guy that's oft injured. Who knows what's going to happen with their cornerback position losing Shaq Griffin. Like, and Quentin Dunbar. And Quentin Dunbar, who could, another target potentially for the Cardinals, who they refuse to go after. Right. There are question marks legitimately surrounding each of the, and like not just question, well, yeah, we don't know what's going Obviously, there's question marks surrounding every organization. But look at the NFC West. Who's going to win the division? If you tell me you know, you're out of your mind. Could be the 49ers. If, if Jimmy Garoppolo has an Alex Smith package where he has like 10 plays that he runs in the past, they could win the division easily with that defense. If you tell me Seattle wins, yeah, because they have the best player in the NFC West in Russell Wilson. You tell me the Rams, Matthew Stafford steps up into the spotlight and they win 12 games next year. Yeah, I can believe that with that defense run game wide receiver core. And if you say it's the Cardinals turn, I believe that too. There are so nobody like any team could win the division or finish in last. Yeah. With the NFC West with the, with the amount of question marks that's surrounding all the rosters. I just think that if the Arizona Cardinals can figure out a plan for the cornerback position, that they could, they could be the favorites. And, and like you said, if you think you know, you're you're dumb. You don't know. You don't know how this is going to play out. It's there's been a different title winner as far as the division the last three seasons. You know, it's it's either been the Rams, the Niners, or the Seahawks. But you know, also the statistics say, like you mentioned, what Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll they don't win less than nine games every year. Ever, that that's that's hardcore fact. So the Arizona Cardinals, they need to figure out this corner position. I hope that their plan is different than just sitting on their hands and watching it. Other other you know other teams looks like the Giants probably going to pick up a Dory Jackson. We'll see what happens with you know Richard Sherman. Could he land back on one of the NFC West teams? You know, are the Arizona Cardinals fit? I don't know if they can make it work financially, but they got to do something. I'm going to yeah, say it I mean, again. <laughs> The answer to your question, the who's won the arms race, it's for this season, obviously it's probably the Rams because they upgraded a quarterback. I mean, that's probably the easy answer. Like the Cardinals have added pieces, but they still have way, way more question marks and answers. They're slowly but surely getting there. 49ers, they haven't done anything. They haven't lost players, but they right. haven't really, they haven't gained anybody. I, I think that I think you're right as far as the Rams having a slight edge on the Arizona Cardinals, but the Arizona Cardinals adding, as you've said early, early in the podcast, to their to the trenches and some impact makers as far as Watt and Hudson. And despite their age, I mean, those guys are going to make impacts next season, and it's and it's in the right spot when you look at where the Arizona Cardinals kind of fell short in the previous season. We got a full week of podcasts headed your way. We've got a special guest joining us on Wednesday. Alex is up next. He's hosting tomorrow. We're going to be here with you right around 10, 15. We'll jump on live, stream it on uh, Restream. But, of course, you can find it wherever you find podcasts. Locked on Cardinals podcast. Make sure you're following along on Twitter at Locked on AZ Cards. Of course, follow us at B-O-B-R-A-C-K, Bob Rack, Bob Brock. And, of course, follow Alex at Clancy's Corner. Have a great rest of your Monday.